0: Welcome to the Geek Geek Podcast, where we choose our own adventure. I'm Void, and I'm here with my co-host Beige.
1: We choose you me adventure I, it was going to be a pokemon joke and i couldn't do it you should just embrace
0: the pikachu today yeah you're talking about kind of choose your own adventure we wanted to talk about i wanted to talk about i'll just be honest um modern interactive fiction because it came up in one of our q a episodes not too long ago and this week i played a game that reminded me of it again so i kind of wanted to dive into the topic a little even though it might not be a super long topic and just get some of it off my chest and When I talk about modern interactive fiction, it's kind of an expansion to modern day, like choose your own adventure, but there's a lot of other things that it can be too. Like If you guys have ever heard of what people derogatively call like walking sims you know or
1: <laughs> so games like, i love that term that is one of my favorite video game terms that i've heard in the last few years is a walking simulator
0: yeah but games like gone home or firewatch or like the stanley parable those all fall into walking simulators and i love some of those games i think they're fantastic so this week i played a game that was called subsurface circular And did I tell you about it at all?
1: No, you didn't. I just got the message from you saying this was so good. I played this. Can we change the topic this week? Because I need to talk about this. And like, I didn't even know what game it was. I just waited until to see how everything tied together. Like, I I don't even know if I would recommend
0: this to everyone. It's not life changing, but it was just a game that I played and I really enjoyed over the weekend. So it's a game where. You are a robot, and you're on basically like a subway um and your entire existence is that you are only allowed to be on this subway train that is like a circular track that goes around and just it only transports robots it only transports other robots like you and it's it's like futuristic you know humanoid type of robots, but you're definitely robots you're not androids um, okay and the everything that you do in this game you're a detective you're a detective robot so you have like (laughs) i forgot to mention how you're a detective robot that's important Um, That is important because the whole game is you trying to solve a case that you take yourself because you start hearing other robots like talking about disappearances or like weird things going on and human human like anti-robot sentiment like rising up. And the thing is the whole game is told through you sitting in the exact same spot on this train and other robots getting on and off the train and then you do like communication links to them, which is basically just like chatting with them. Um and finding out things about the surface world and what else is going on out there. And it, it does a fantastic job of setting the scene, letting you know what's going on in the setting and walking you through the whole story when your character never moves anything except their head, basically. That's that's so weird. It It is, but it's good. Like, it was a really good game. It, it's mostly done through clicking on um, different robots that come in and choosing different dialogue options. There are some puzzles that you have to figure out, like how to get information out of the right people at the right time. It has some things like keywords, you know, how some RPGs and stuff in the yep. past have had like, you know, here's your keyword bank that you can use to prompt other people to answer yeah. things. It has that. So you kind of solve sub mysteries by like putting keywords forward. And then when you figure it out enough, that one goes away and maybe you'll gain a new keyword. <laughs> um, I don't know. It it probably took me. I actually looked at my Steam playtime. It was like 90 minutes. That was it. But that's it's, crazy. It, it's by. Um, the developer of Thomas was alone, which was another story that was really good. Did you ever play I've that heard one?
1: such good things about it, but I've never played it. And you mentioned the Stanley parable and it's I may have both of them on Steam that I bought somewhere and never did never actually got through. But yeah, I've heard of both of them and heard wonderful things about both of them in terms of story and atmosphere and just haven't done it because i love games like that like Firewatch being a walking simulator love games that have that kind of immersive story
0: yeah and thomas was alone is an interesting game that's also kind of minimalist in a totally different way that's one where you are a square and then you control other rectangles and other squares and stuff and all of them are given names and personalities but in the end it's a very simple platformer Um, and the whole story is told through like voiceovers about the squares it's weird but i like that game a lot too so that's weird too yeah that developer decided he was gonna make a game that was smaller scale and a short game on purpose and not charge a lot of money for it and see how it went so it just launched he didn't announce this game ahead of time there was no marketing campaign for it no buzz about it at all it was literally the dev the dev came out and i saw it on twitter he was like hey does anyone remember this survey that i gave like a year ago that said, is anyone interested in smaller games? It might have even been six months ago. I think he put the game together pretty quick. He's like, well, I did that. Here it is. It's on Steam right now. You can get it for $5, and it will only take you a couple hours to play, and huh. that was appealing to me.
1: Yeah, that's really appealing, actually, where I know we've talked a lot about how I don't like paying for things that aren't worth the money in terms of time investment, but when it's something like Firewatch, we've also talked about uh, where, yes, there there is that cost, and yes, it's very short but the it was so wonderful of an experience that this may be like that for me i may need to pick this up because the idea of cyberpunk detective robots on a train who never move it's like that kind of has me intrigued on this yeah it was it was good i mean it was totally worth the five dollars it was like i said it took me about 90
0: minutes um of that i i do read pretty quick i'm guessing most people's playtime will probably be like two to three hours ish somewhere in that range but not much more than that the only time i really had to like stop and pause is there was one logic puzzle in there that i literally had to go pick up a piece of like paper i picked up a notebook and a pen and i logicked some stuff out really Mm. quick um but it, it wasn't hard. There's a way, there's a mode that you can click on that it's like, do you want the robot to, like, do the logic for you?
1: So- <laughs> You didn't have to do that, but I wanted to because I was pretty invested at that point. And I mean, like, is this kind of like old point and click adventures with those kind of puzzles where you don't move? And I mean, you said you had the command bank. What I'm picturing here, because I haven't seen this at all. I don't know what it looks like, but just from what you're t- we're saying, I'm imagining a mix between point and click adventure games and text adventure games like Zork, where it's like touch rope, not touch robot, because that's dirty, where it's uh interrogate ask or all of this and then you're like interrogate seat interrogate robot interrogate girlfriend
0: it's it's not like where you get an item and then you try to rub it on everything because you're out of ideas like it's
1: yeah exactly (laughs) yeah
0: it's not that kind of game at all it's much more text-driven um there's choices there's a little bit of you gotta jump back and forth between a couple conversations to like get this information that will help you with this other information um but for the most part, it's just a narrative game. You know, it's okay. closer to something like Firewatch than it is to a text based like what you're talking about.
1: I just I just have to play this. That sounds really interesting. And I think is it on phone? Is it on iOS and Android or is it just on Steam right now?
0: No, it's just on Steam right now. And okay. I don't know if it's coming out to anything else. But like I said, it's I mean, it was on sale when I bought it because it had just released. It was like four dollars and some cents. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if, if it went up to full price since I have
1: played it and we recorded this it's only five dollars I think that I might have that in my steam wallet right now anyway
0: yeah and you could google it right now or go on steam and look it up just to kind of see the aesthetic of it I, I really liked it so I wanted to talk about like these kind of games I find myself more and more drawn to and I'm not sure why maybe it's just because they're so narrative focused and narrative is one of the things that like draws me into games a lot of the time but I've talked about other games I played, like um, some of the choice of games, LLC ones. So like Heroes Rise Trilogy. I know I mentioned that in the other episode. Did you ever try that one?
1: No, I have it on my iTunes wish list of that. I will eventually go and grab because I see it every once in a while. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I need to do that. The main reason that I haven't and I know it's silly and being being a former English teacher and being a writer, it's odd that I say this. I have to read too much that it feels like whenever I do something like that, when it has that much reading, I want to sit down and invest in it, you know? What, like Kind of like an RPG. And with that kind of of choose-your-own-adventure game, with the, the like you were mentioning about Pyre the other week, about having these long interactive fiction passages, that sounds like something that I don't really want to do pass, just kind of in passing. And that's how I play a lot of mobile games. And so that's why I haven't actually gotten into the Heroes Rise ones is because when I'm reading on my phone, it tends to be one of the books I'm reading. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean you could
0: pick it up on Steam. That trilogy's on Steam also.
1: Is it? Okay. I didn't know that. I thought it was just mobile phones. No,
0: it's on it's on Steam and mobile and maybe I don't know what else, but those two for sure. And but I mean I I just wanted to bring it up because it's like in thinking about it after playing this game, I realized that that's kind of one of the extremes of this modern interactive fiction. Is that like choice of games? It's very much a direct lineage from choose your own adventure to that. And then there's the other end of things that's like Firewatch, you know? Yeah. Where it it is still it's just like a narrative. Like there's not a ton of gameplay there, but it feels much more engaging. It feels like there's more gameplay. It feels like there's more freedom and like the first person roaming makes a big difference um and then there's games in between that are like the telltale games you know like i played the tell the telltale game of thrones i played walking dead season one and thought it was fantastic um i played the first season of the batman telltale game and really liked it tales from the borderlands made me laugh a lot that telltale game so i guess i'm just kind of wondering like i'm realizing that i like all of these games and they are connected in ways that i just hadn't put together in my head until this week where are you landing on these,
1: I have played roughly 20 minutes, maybe half an hour of Telltale games total. That I've played part of the Jurassic Park one, which is a super, 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 super early one. I've played a little bit of the Game of Thrones one. And I want to say I might have touched The Walking Dead in Minecraft, but I really can't remember if I did or not. And they're. I'm not sure, I think they're two in between for me, where I want that kind of game to have more gameplay than it has, but I also, when it is that narrative heavy, It uh, I, love, I haven't been able to get invested in one. That whenever I'm starting out, the story doesn't draw me in, and the ones that I've played have been... L- l- almost point and click uh, in a bad way and active time events and that's not engaging to me and I haven't found one that that's been able to pull me in. So would you rather either have more gameplay or less gameplay?
0: You just don't like the middle ground that Telltale has landed on?
1: Yeah that that I guess that really is what it is. I, it, it's almost like they can't figure out what they are where I'll sit and watch an hour of cutscenes in final fantasy 15 let's say when they're really long and i find myself getting irritated when there's like i have to hit circle three times during it it's like why do i have to keep this controller in my hand and wait just for this that's kind of how i feel with the telltale games it's it doesn't choices are one thing you know making narrative choices but if i'm going to survive this knife attack no matter what don't make me tap the this key over and over again just let me watch this fight
0: yeah I can see that I mean Firewatch is probably the more gameplay end of it and like something like one of the choice of games runs is more of the other side where it's just straight up narrative not like gameplay outside of choosing inside of an adventure yeah but I I mean do you have any other thoughts about like I, I don't know I just I like it as a trend that there's more of these games and it feels like we had A while in there where there was nothing in this like purely narrative driven area of gaming it feels like it went away for a long time and now there's this resurgence and it's new developers it's a new generation of developers taking it on so we're getting different takes on it and i i find myself really drawn to it
1: and that was actually what i was gonna say my my idea is well not necessarily my idea but my my thoughts on it are it's great that they tend to be indie games that they're, that they're not necessarily easy to put out, but it doesn't take a A budget like Mass Effect to tell this kind of moral and ethical choice-style story that you get, or something to make you really feel invested and interactive, where Firewatch is fantastic, and it was done by an indie studio, but also it had very high production values. But then you have things like The Choice of Games and Heroes Rise, which... They're not terribly high production value, I guess. They're not triple A standard. I mean, you're reading a lot. You're it's it's some tech stuff and you know interactive novels. I like that people love these, that they're so popular and that they're well, I guess they're popular enough that more of them keep coming out and being enough of a commercial success that more of them keep getting made and. I like that because I'm a story guy. The thing, the thing I love is when something like this has a story that pulls me in. And that's actually one of the reasons I've thought about going for the first Batman telltale game because i want to know that story because i've heard great things about it but especially the apparently episode one of the new batman was supposed to be good from what i've heard and i like the episodic release of the telltale games i think that's a great way to do this because i love serial fiction i love anything that goes along like that 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 you keep up with and and over time get this investment in it so i love the idea of these games but i've never sat down to have an extended investment and maybe i'm thinking about them wrong because you know subsurface circular was an hour and a half to three hours probably and firewatch took me six hours and i made a sandwich in the middle of it so maybe they're not all super long and take this investment i just need to be able to sit down and carve out a chunk to experience that
0: Yeah, I think a lot of it is just knowing what you're getting in for, because if you're going into it expecting and I know you're not doing this, but some people might be picking up a game thinking it's more like Call of Duty and then it's something that's totally not, you know?
1: Right. Yeah. And if you're expecting Call of Duty with Firewatch, if you're expecting a first person action game set in uh, set in the wilderness, you're going to be sorely disappointed with that.
0: Yeah. But if you want a story, if you want an interactive story, that's where these games sit. And I right. I like them a lot. So thanks. I know it was a quick topic this week, but I wanted to cover it anyway because it was just kind of like percolating around in my brain. And if you guys have any suggestions for me, send them my way. You know how to get a hold of me by now, hopefully. Um, <laughs> and if you're interested in getting into these kind of things at all, I, I still recommend Firewatch. Um, I recommend yeah. maybe taking a look at Subsurface Circular because it's so new, and because it's literally $5, and take a look at Heroes Rise, the trilogy that's on iOS and Steam, and I think other places too.
1: Now, Gone Home, before you say that, Gone Home was kind of a predecessor to Firewatch, the same developer that was their first attempt at doing this, right?
0: Yeah, Gone Home was one of the earliest games that kind of coined the phrase walking simulator. It did not intend to. But the gaming press named it that and it has stuck since then.
1: And I have I've bought it. And the only reason I haven't played it that I love Firewatch so much and I'm waiting to be far enough away from Firewatch that I'm not disappointed by Gone Home because that's what people told me not to play it immediately after I after I got it because it's it's not as high quality as Firewatch because they learned so much from what they did with Gone Home. Yeah. And it's not that it's bad, it's just I want a distance between myself and Firewatch so that I can really grab how good Gone Home is and why why it led to Firewatch.
0: It's it's like any developer out there that does, you know, a game and then an iteration on it, the second one is usually leaps and bounds beyond, and Gone Home is not bad, but yes, compared to Firewatch, it it is lacking. I mean, it's it's like a prototype for the genre, kind of. Yeah. Yeah cool well that was fun thank you for changing the topic at the last <laughs> yeah that minute. was
1: fun like i said i like listening and throwing in ideas when i don't know what i'm talking about and now i'm gonna and and just the phrase cyberpunk robots on a train and and cyberpunk detective robots on a train's worth it for me <laughs>
0: good okay uh, let's dive into the geeky offer of the week this week we have gamefly Because I resubscribed, and I want to talk about it again, and it's been a while. So (laughs) know that you guys can get a free one-month trial and help the podcast. Same thing like when you help us, but you get audio, audible books, and we get stuff. Um, Same deal here. Gameflyoffer.com slash geek will get you a one-month free trial. and. Gamefly, if you guys remember from last year, it's basically just like a rental service. You know, they send you games, you try them as long as you want, you mail them back to them, and you just do that forever until you unsubscribe. And I restarted it for the year, which is this is kind of part of my geekery, too. I, I, There's just barely enough time right now to catch up on releases that I missed in the first half of the year that weren't like immediate buys for me but i knew that i wanted to get around to right so i figured i was going to try to start squeezing those in before we get into the super busy fall release season and then i can also try a bunch of fall release games right as they come out the ones that i'm on the fence about you know i already have a bunch that i know i'm gonna buy there's no question in my mind this is more for like The B tier games that like, I know some people will love this game, but I don't know if it's for me or not. So I'm going to try it. And then if I end up liking it, I'll probably return it to Gamefly and buy it digitally because that's the kind of person I am. But yeah, I mean, I just, I want to sample a bunch of games and I typically get them and I will turn them around in like 24 hours and make a decision on whether I'm going to buy this game or if I'm just sending it back because it, you know, it wasn't my cup of tea, which is fine.
1: And And let me clarify for readers or for listeners who were not part of this last year to experience your geekery going through all of these Gamefly games, which is great. You should totally go listen to the archives for those about this time last year. But he when he says within 24 hours that doesn't mean of gameplay that means of a day and he sometimes does this within five or ten minutes of loading up a game like he will get in get out realize nope this is not for me and bounces off of it quickly enough where he will have another game in by the time he plays the next one in in line like it is it is crazy where he will play sometimes like seven games a week doing this or more it's it's so much fun to me
0: I talk about sampling games and that's what i mean like i've played enough video games now in my life because i've played them consistently for like 25 years now like i can play a game and usually know within the first half hour whether or not the game is for me and if i end up holding on to a game for more than like two days i know that i should just buy it um most of the games you're right i will turn around the same night that i get it in the mail um i will try it make a decision, and send it back. That's not how most people use Gamefly. You guys can use it the regular way, rent a game, and keep it until you're done with it or until you're bored of it. I'm just the right. weird one. This is the way that I use it. I, I don't necessarily recommend using it this way, but it works great for me.
1: So it works great for crazies like you.
0: Yeah, it's perfect. So my question is, do you have any interest this year? Are you actually going to do Gamefly now that you have a PS4?
1: There is a really good chance of it this year. I know I keep saying that, but I've been thinking a lot about it just because of the number of games on PS4 that I've missed out on at this point where I don't know if I would beat them or not. I don't know if they're worth grabbing digitally or even grabbing used, but I i can game fly them and see honestly using it kind of like you where you know maybe i want to play the new when it the new shadow of the colossus when it comes out and there i can't even think of what they are now uh that i've been wanting to play but yeah i'm very much gonna do this i thought about doing it for assassin's creed origins actually that that's a good cheap way to play it when it's new (laughs)
0: Yeah, totally. So I promise next time we promo this one, it won't be as long, but this was like legitimately part of my weekly geekery anyway, because I just resubscribed this week, which is what got it on my mind. But if you guys want to try it out, GameflyOffer.com slash geek, you get a month free, helps us out, everybody wins. With that, it's time for our weekly geekery, the rest of it. (laughs) what did you do this week you said you were going to get to DuckTales are you going to do I did I
1: watched DuckTales immediately after immediately and I mean I can't stress immediately enough immediately after we talked about it we stopped recording and I started uploading mine to you to edit I went in found DuckTales and started watching it on uh, YouTube on the TV I loved this episode oh good that I absolutely adored it it made me go seek out old, regular DuckTales episodes that I spent the uh, afternoon on Sunday watching part of, and I love DuckTales to begin with. I mean, Darkwing Duck, DuckTales, they were my jam, and so this new one I thought was great. The only thing that I would have changed about it is something I did. I went on IMDb and looked up their voices, and once I figured out who did the voices, I recognized all of them, and uh, I could tell exactly who was doing... Huey, Dewey, Dewey, Louie, uh, Webley, Webby, and uh, Scrooge's voices immediately. But And Launchpad. I mean, I knew all of those actors. So I was like, oh, I don't hear Scrooge McDuck. I hear David Tennant playing Scrooge McDuck. But uh, I, once I got that through my head, where it's like, oh, yeah, these, these are just the characters. It's so good. I cannot wait on this series.
0: Yeah, I'm excited for it to start coming out every week pretty soon but besides that what else did you do did you i know you were close to finishing final fantasy 15
1: i did i I beat the main story i guess i shouldn't say i finished it but i I finished the main story in 15 i thought it was brilliant that i i truly loved this game that i've seen so much hate on the internet lately after i've started looking stuff up for this game and the story and I can see where a lot of it comes from in terms of narratology, in terms of how it how they portray the narrative. Like there's not a very meaty story in there that there's not a huge A to A to C story where you have to like traverse that that arc. But the characters and the characterization and the individual character arcs are some of the best in the series to me. This is super high up there that that it might be my favorite Final Fantasy story overall, just because of the experience that I had with it, because I it's the only Final Fantasy to make me cry that when everything was said and done the post credit scene of the campfire just i just i i i i cried <laughs> and it and that's okay i mean i was so invested not in this story but in that group of characters that with with the chaka bros i lo- the best term i found on the internet by the way ever chaka bros was i just loved them and that has made this game stand out head and shoulders above what it would be if it was just straight up gameplay. Cool. Uh, because I'm I like the gameplay, but I loved this story. Do you see why I immediately? Well, I
0: think I told you this. I immediately turned around and played new game plus because right. all of the context you get around the main villain of the game happens like yes. right in the last chapter or two. Uh huh. And once you have that context, if you go through again you realize a lot of other things playing through the game a second time.
1: I can imagine you do. Yeah. And with the new game plus, it'll be really interesting to go through and do that. It's the only reason I haven't fast. started. I haven't done it because I want to do a lot of the extra stuff that comes after like the extra dungeons. And I missed some of the dungeons going through. And I just I'm just going to go and do the the side quests and extra dungeons I didn't know about before and uh, get the extra items and play through uh, episode gladius gladiolus and episode prompto i haven't done yet um but yeah i really really truly loved it uh can't speak highly enough of it if you haven't played it i do think that the characters are worth playing that game they did such a good job
0: cool and i know that i saw health hacks hit my feet again
1: I, i did i started i've been thinking a lot about it where I've speaking of serial fiction, uh I had written, well, not fiction, but serial narratives, I guess. I've been I'd written a weight loss memoir a few years ago and sat down and basically wrote out from the beginning to the end of, you know, my past of being fat. These stories that led me to really hate having been over 300 pounds and, you know, the the, you know. Things that just motivated me and that, that roadblocked me as I kind of uh, dealt with losing 150 pounds. And I finally decided to get on and uh, do a season two of Health Hacks. And I decided to potio book it, uh, basically reading. And I, I'm doing my best not to read it. Not, I used to be fat and now I'm not. Although that's like a robot reading it. Um I wanted to do that because it was very candid. I think it's a very good way to present that story. And, uh, Those are the kind of podcasts I like to listen to. So I wanted to do that. So I started up season two on uh, the Geek Fitness podcast, and I've named it. I've changed the name uh, because it changes from what it was before. Um, Still at geekfitness.net, but I've called it Geek Fitness from Fat to Fit and uh, to be found in iTunes and stuff and show the difference in season two. So uh, I also found Roblox or Roblox or something. Have you ever heard of this game? No. No. Okay, so I found an article, I think it may have been on the Washington Post, or I I don't remember where it was, but this is like a weird Minecraft knockoff that came out in like 2005, and I don't even know if Minecraft was around in 2005, but it came out then, and... Nobody thought anything about it, but it has since become a children's game phenomenon. And I looked, checked it out because it allows people to take this engine and create mini games and then have people like buy special items through your mini games and play it. And there are like millions of people online at any given time, and it's targeting like adolescence and early teens and pre-adolescence and it's it's interesting. So I, I obviously went and downloaded it when I read this, that there are people are making millions of dollars on, on making these uh, games and worlds that are essentially custom Minecraft servers with uh, different rules and different rule sets. Like there are death matches that they come up with and it's like survive this natural disaster or the floor is lava or here's a farming simulator. Uh, whatever it is, people are coming up with their own game types using this engine and they're all built in and played free and you know there it's talking about how it introduce it's introducing uh young people into game development and uh helping them make money for college that there are a lot of people who that they were talking about in this who are moving into careers in game development uh, to, and paid through their college by selling things in roblox and roblox roblox i don't know but uh definitely not a game for me I played a few mini games on it. I was like, I see why kids would absolutely adore this, especially if they're crazy on Minecraft and they're the ones who play that anyway. And but it's not for me, but I had a good time and learned something about a genre of games that I've never been exposed to before. It was a really interesting business model.
0: Cool. That's awesome. I might have to take a look at that, especially with the age my kids are, and see if there's anything there.
1: uh, Apparently, they do their best to make it clean. They do their best to to police the the stuff that's in there that... I, I read a bit about it and it was it was interesting enough. I was like, I'll go on my phone right now and download this where I deleted it off of there already because I realized that it for me it really was just a time waster. But like but for the target audience, I think they've done a really good job of revitalizing like a twelve year old game into something that is profitable and and serves a purpose within that gaming niche. Cool.
0: Very cool. Well, so this week I got my first Gamefly Games showed up because I resubscribed this week and they try to get them out to you right away. Um, So I tried For Honor because I had heard okay. that it changed a lot. Remember, I talked about it last fall but yeah. when it came out. There was like a multiplayer beta that was open to everybody. So mm-hmm. I, I was hoping that it had changed enough for that the single player would be compelling enough to hook me. That's kind of what I got it for was to try out the single player. And it just it didn't like it hasn't changed that much it's still a third person like action game but it's also trying to be like a fighting game like anticipate your opponent and like pick your stance and counter people and (sighs) it's it's just I'm not a fan of that I'm not big into fighting games anyway unless they're kind of like bombastic fun that I can play a fighting game for one week and then I'm done with it but this was like it's trying a little too hard to be too serious and the single player wasn't compelling enough and the multiplayer is too much into that competitive scene so that one's not for me um the other game i tried from gamefly was neo Which have you heard about this one?
1: I've heard about it. Not I've seen some videos of it that that I've heard great things about this one.
0: Okay, so it's more and more games are becoming like Dark Souls because people saw how well that did. So now that's becoming its own genre that doesn't really have a good name except for Dark Souls like which is not as descriptive as it should be. But I feel like everyone will land on a better name for it soon. It's kind of those like really hard third person action games that are punishing, but also fair. And Neo controls and feels like Dark Souls if Dark Souls didn't control, like,
1: garbage. That's the best <laughs> way I can put it. Perfect.
0: Well, it does. Have you ever played Dark
1: Souls? I've I've not actually played Dark Souls, no. It is no.
0: horrible. The controls in that game are just horrendous, and I know the people who love it love it, but honestly, it's like, it is not a fun game to control. It's That's why I never liked those. So, Neo was like the gameplay was decent, but I didn't like the setting, so I'm not going to stick with it. It's one of those games. It was like, it's this weird, it's like too dark and like, you know, it's just trying really hard to be mature and in a way that like turned me away from it and like it's also just, it's dark, like it's actually dark when you're looking at the screen, you know, in a way that I don't think helps the gameplay at all because it's not like a horror game, it's not like jump scares, It's just dark. I would rather have it be more interesting. Um, and it also has a Westerner that goes to Japan, but it's like an alternate version of Japan that's all like twisted and dark and broody and you know murdery. Um, so I didn't I didn't stick with that one either. But I could see if you like Dark Souls or if you feel like me that Dark Souls has a good concept but doesn't control well. Neo is a game that's worth looking at for sure. Right.
1: Okay. Yeah. And those kind of games that punishing but fair is not the kind of game. That's the reason I've avoided Dark Souls is because I've gotten to the point in my gaming career. I don't want punishing and Dark Souls, I think, is going to be way too punishing for me. I like a challenge, but I don't want to scream at the TV because I know that I'll scream at the TV and I'm certain that I will take to murdering if I play Dark Souls.
0: Yeah. And like Neo, it was purely the setting that pushed me away from it. I actually liked the Uh, gameplay and the controls a lot. If it had been a setting that I was more interested in or that looked more lively and wasn't just dark like all the time, um, I probably would have stuck with it. So did you check it out and
1: see if they uh, if they ever open it up and do any different as you go further into the game? Because I Uh, know that sometimes you've powered through earlier parts to get to better laters.
0: No, I looked at it. It looks like pretty consistently the game uh, I played. I mean, I did play a few hours of it. Like I I gave it a good sample before I sent that one back. Um I also played Kingdoms and Castles this week, which is one I picked up for cheap on Steam. It's a very chill city builder, but it's like too chill. <laughs> like there's not not quite enough there to really there's not enough meat on the bones of the game. It's interesting if you want to just like sit back and have like a no stress, very easy city builder and just build up a city of little stylized characters. You can do that. But I I think I need a little more challenge, a little bit more direction, a little more goal orientation in my games. So that was one that was kind of. But those were okay. So those were the three games I sampled that I didn't like hook onto this week. I did play two really good games this week. (laughs) There is a Sonic game that just came out. And it is the first good Sonic game since I was a kid. Like I've I was never a huge Sonic fanboy. I was more onto the like Nintendo side of things. But I remember really liking original Sonic and Sonic 2 and Sonic and Knuckles. And then what about Sonic
1: 3? Sonic 3 was awesome, too.
0: I don't know if I played it much. I think I maybe played it a little bit and it was fine, but I don't have any strong memories of it one way or another. Tails
1: could fly.
0: Oh, okay. I did play that one then. I, ah,
1: <laughs> I mean, it, Sonic and Knuckles attached onto Sonic 3. I mean, they had the two cartridges that uh, that you slid into each other and oh, then put it in your Genesis. I Sonic forgot about that. Sonic and Knuckles was the add-on. Yeah. But uh, no, Sonic 3. No, I did 3, have all of those then. Okay. Okay, good. I was about to say, because the whole thing about Sonic 3 is that Tails could fly and that changed everything.
0: Okay. I must have lumped Sonic 2 and 3 together in my mind. So
1: Okay. Just ever Sonic since those games and Sonic, th- Sonic and Knuckles lumped together
0: yeah, ever since those games Sonic has basically been trash and I <laughs> yeah. like you can tell me if you disagree but you're wrong and
1: it <laughs> no no that your Sonic Adventure was fun because I got it on day one of the Dreamcast that but it's that's not why Sonic good, Adventure though. was fun
0: so Sonic Mania just came out and it is a direct like descendant of of Sonic 1, 2, 3, and Sonic and & Knuckles. It's like, this is the next game in that series that has never been made. It, It's really, really good, and I was really surprised. And I looked into it. It looks like they basically hired an indie developer to make this game for them. This was not made by Sonic Team, the team that's been making all of the bad Sonic games for years and years and years. This was a indie dev that I heard rumors that he was a ROM hacker for Sonic, and he <laughs> proved himself that way. They handed the Sonic franchise to a ROM hacker and said, we don't know how to make Sonic anymore. Why don't you try it? And he's like a Western (laughs) dev that's just an indie ROM hacker. And it's really good. It's really good. There's, I mean, it feels like those games, but there's also bosses at the end of every single stage. Which
1: which is so fantastic and makes such a I haven't played this but that would make such a difference in fun because every once in a while like I love this level and then you just zoom through the gate and it's like oh
0: yeah there's a boss at the end of every stage which is really fun Um, Doctor Robotnik is back of course which they call him Doctor Eggman now which is dumb his name is Doctor Robotnik Um, you can fight me on that too I guess I have very strong opinions on Sonic and I didn't (laughs) realize you really do. I'm not usually this aggressive. I I guess. (laughs) I don't
1: think you've ever threatened to fight our listeners before.
0: (laughs) Apparently, I have strong feelings about Sonic that I'm just realizing in this moment.
1: You okay? I needed that. I needed that today. (laughs) Yep, I did. It's Doctor Robotnik.
0: Anyway, it's here's the thing. It it has a lot of cool things like that. It has one-off mechanics, which is something that Mario has always done well, that Sonic never did, where you like pick up a mechanic for a stage or two, and then they throw it away, and you never come back to it the rest of the game. And that's what makes it good. They don't overuse it. It never wears out its welcome. All of those things. But if you have no nostalgia for Sonic... This is not going to be a game where you go, oh, I finally get Sonic. This is amazing. Don't like if you have never played a Sonic game before, you're probably not going to like this. I'm just going to be honest. But if you have any scrap of nostalgia for Sonic left in your body, (laughs) pick up this game like you will not go wrong. This is the game that you didn't know you've been waiting for for like, I don't even know what, 20 years now, 15 years,
1: 15 years, maybe when. Yeah, I mean. 20-ish yeah i guess sonic and knuckles oh my god world
0: um (laughs) so i beat this game this week it's on the switch it's on i think it's on xbox and playstation and pc it's like everywhere
1: it's it's not on pc yet that's what i was about to say it's not on pc yet that they're doing a two-week uh delay on it and if you buy it on steam uh when it comes out you get an original the original sonic included with it as a bonus for having to wait to get it on pc and i'm actually thinking about waiting and grabbing it on pc not because of sonic one including with it but just in case i don't like it like i think i'm going to that i could do a steam return because i don't think playstation network lets you do that
0: no but it it's a really good like sonic nostalgia trip if you have any nostalgia left for sonic and it's
1: only 20 bucks
0: yeah that's the other thing it's like 19 something probably 1999 but Yeah, it's not a $60 game, so you're not out that much. Um, The other really good game I played this week is 20XX, which have you seen this one at all?
1: (laughs) No, but every time I I'm glad that your notes on this one make me happy. Because every time I see 20XX, I think of Mega Man 2 It's like the year was 20XX. And I think about Mega Man, and then it says that it's a roguelike Mega Man X. And I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, that makes sense. That's why it's called that.
0: Yeah, no, this is a ripoff of Mega Man X. It's it's if they took Mega Man X, brought it up to modern standards, and made it procedural and roguelike, that is this game.
1: The okay, how is it procedural? I'm I'm curious on this one. Like is it enemies and how they're placed, level design? What's procedural about this one?
0: It's the level design and the enemy placement, but the overall level structure is like you will always fight a boss at the end and there will always be that little like in between corridor right before a boss you know that's in every Mega Man game um and the bosses are not procedural the bosses are like fully designed essentially Mega Man bosses okay so it's the level leading up to them that's procedural and the thing is there's no like big selection screen like there is in Mega Man where you can pick like all eight guys or all 10 guys at, Mm -hmm. at the start You start out on a random level, it doesn't give you a choice. But if you beat that level, it will give you a choice of three possible bosses to take on next, and you can determine kind of the order you take them on by picking which one you want to fight next, but you don't get a full choice ever. So Hmm. there are interesting choices where you're trying to make like the best of whatever situation you find yourself in. And then the other thing with the proceduralness is that it cranks up the difficulty on each level every time you finish one. So oh. if, if you know that you have trouble on this specific level, you want to tackle that one earlier before this proceduralness ramps it up to be extremely hard. Do you know what I mean? Wow,
1: yeah, dude. that sounds awesome.
0: It's really cool. And it's so the main character controls exactly like X from the Mega Man X series. And then there's another one that you can switch to that controls exactly like zero. So if you play any of the later Mega Man games where you could be zero, the guy with the sword that slashes, you can basically be zero. I think they're called like Ninja and Edge or something. I don't know. They're very generic names They're it it's a game that is obviously ripping off Mega Man X, but they do everything they can to pick generic enough names for things that they're not going to get sued.
1: <laughs> Holy cow! This looks awesome. It is like I'm watching a video as you talked about this that I had to look it up immediately. This game looks like what Mighty Number no. Nine should have been. Yes, that's a really and, good way to put it. And it it really does look like Mega Man. It 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 looks like like like. It looks like X. You're right, but it also looks slightly more modern, stylized, cartoony. Yeah, it but is. It, the, but it looks super fast. The gameplay looks like mega ultra fast, and I don't know. This just, huh? It's
0: so. I told you, I played two really good games this week, and this was the other one. I can without a doubt recommend this game. It's fantastic. I've been playing it on Steam all week. The only complaint I have, and it's not really a complaint so much as just port begging. I want this game on the Nintendo switch so bad because I, I can only sit in front of my computer with a Xbox 360 controller hooked up to my PC for so long. If I had this on switch, I would be playing it probably twice as much as I already am. And I'm putting a lot of time into this game as is,
1: man. Like I'm, it's 1199 right now. That's the other um, thing. Yeah. It's not it's again, not- super, it's 20% off. It's only $15. Normally this is awesome. Yeah. I'm buying this right now. Buy it.
0: Yeah, don't buy it if you don't have a controller for your PC. This would not be a fun game to play on oh, mouse yeah, and keyboard. I, no, I know you do. I'm just letting listeners okay, know. Okay, okay. Sorry, it's not all about your personal purchasing decisions.
1: It is. When I'm buying it while we're recording, it sure is.
0: <laughs> okay, that's fair.
1: So anyway, 20XX no, no, awesome is though. a really
0: good game, and I will give that and Sonic Mania my endorsement for sure this week. The other thing, the last thing in my geekery that I wanted to talk about is The Defenders. Have you watched any of it? No, I haven't seen any of it yet. Okay. First of all, I have to say one of the things I really like about it. The coloring and the set design and the production design in the first half of this show is really good. They do a fantastic job of each individual hero having their own color scheme. And once you start looking for it, you will notice that like all of the accent colors in the sets and in the backgrounds and the work that the colorist is doing when they're coloring the actual footage will fall into different colors for every hero. So it's like Iron Fist is green, Daredevil is red, Luke Cage is yellow, and Jessica Jones is like blue, kind of a little bit into purple, but mostly blue. And okay. they do such a good job of bringing it together, and that coloring kind of culminates in this episode where all of them come together in... No, this isn't a spoiler, really. They, just, they come together in a restaurant, and all of the colors are there in the background of this restaurant the first time they really get together and talk, which is cool.
1: And you're the... You, you're the first person who told me about this, who was talking about the coloring and telling me how good the colorist was. And then I kept seeing it mentioned on by other people that they were talking about noticing the color scheme. So it's not just something subtle that you notice because you're trained in video production, that it is very conscious, very obvious that it's there. And it's a very positive effect in the show that that really increases the enjoyment.
0: Yeah, and I don't want to spoil it because it's only been out For a week and I know people don't mainline shows The way that I do Um, But I will say the story was just not Great Um, It feels like an extension of the Iron Fist story, and I think that's a big misstep. They could have gone as an extension of any of their stories or kind of made a new one for the four of them to come together. Right. That's what I was
1: hoping would happen.
0: Yeah, it's not. Remember how the hand was in the second half of Daredevil season two, and it was kind of like the weakest part of Daredevil season two?
1: How How far, yeah. And how the hand was the main driving force in all of Iron Fist? Apparently, I've seen two episodes and seven minutes of Iron Fist. I thought I'd gotten way further than I had. It just felt like I got way further than I had. Yeah. Like, seriously, I thought I was halfway through the season and realized when I went back to catch up and finish up that I w I'd in fact, only seen two episodes.
0: You should probably just skip Iron Fist and go listen to that I, comic box episode and catch up and then jump I into I do the think that's what I'm
1: going to do. <laughs>
0: okay. That's exactly what you should do. So I really wish that Iron Fist wasn't so much of the focus of the story, and I think that the whole season suffers for it. The, I don't know. It was one of those shows where the first episode I was like, oh, this this is good setup. It could get really good. And every episode after that, it just like it goes more and more off the rails, especially after you get to the halfway point. Things just kind of go. I don't know. Like I don't want to give away the story. But in, in the middle of all of it jessica jones was still the best part of the defenders she's still my favorite oh undoubtedly
1: i yeah i'm sure she and luke carry the entire thing compared to the others at least they would for me i'm assuming
0: well and one of the reasons is because she's the one in there saying like this is dumb this is unbelievable i don't believe you like she's basically the audience surrogate in the situation just being like no no you know and so, if anything, this has made me more excited for the next season of Jessica Jones and less excited yeah. for literally everybody else's next season.
1: Wait, everybody else's? Even Daredevil and oh, yeah. Luke Cage? Oh, no. This
0: definitely makes Daredevil and Luke Cage worse. Oh. Yeah. Oh. But Luke Cage was so good. Yeah, I wish so I wish good. this was oh. better. I, I wish The oh. Defenders was better. Like, I am glad I watched it once because I watched everything else leading up to it, but... Uh, They could have done this show so much better I mean the fight scenes are all bad And choppy and you can't tell what's happening Are are they
1: Iron Fist fight scenes again?
0: They're slightly better But they're basically like Iron Fist fight scenes Uh, Except now for all four
1: of the heroes No No It's it's like Aziz Ansari in uh, Parks No no. Jerry no
0: So I wanted the Defenders to be good But on further reflection it's it's not great yeah it makes me Sorry. sad but I probably should have ended on the games i'm really excited about really seriously check out 20 xx check out sonic mania they're a lot of fun and i highly recommend them <laughs> with that <laughs> you can write to us with comments <laughs> suggestions or feedback our email address is geek2geekcast at gmail.com or reach us on twitter at geek2geekcast we have the longer discussion threads on the subreddit at reddit.com slash r slash geek2geekcast
1: and remember, guys, we're part of a podcast network, so if you're not listening to each and every one of our podcasts, you can head over to geek2geekcast.com to see if we have anything that tickles your fancy.
0: I blog at agreenmushroom.com, and you can find me at GRN Mushroom, that's Green Mushroom without the E's on Twitter.
1: And I'm on Twitter as at Professor beige. that's beige with two E's, and I am back to blogging and podcasting at geekfitness.net. We've been voiding
0: bees with your Geek2Geek Geek podcast. <laughs> That'll do it for this week. See you next week, geeks. Tuesday night. Bye.
1: Comics. Hey everyone, this is Rob, your friendly neighborhood comic geek. And this is Liam, the the languishing lascivious Liam of Langley. Wow, that was extremely illiterate of you. Well I try. We are the hosts of the Comic Box, part of the Geek to Geek Podcast Network. So join us. Bop bop. Oh Chica-chica. yeah.